0: Vidkun Quisling is a much hated name among Norwegian people, and maybe others as well. But during World War II, this man, Vidkun Quisling, was a government official. He had been at one time the head of the military in Norway. And uh, he decided to collaborate with the Nazi regime as they came up into Scandinavia, and in essence, handed over his country. Uh, to the Nazis to such an extent that he began collaborating with them even on the extermination of some of the Jews in the country and following the war Vidkun Quisling was put on trial for high treason and he was ultimately executed by a firing squad today his name is synonymous with feelings of contempt for a traitor To be quizzling means it's a bad thing to to be a backstabber. Collaboration with the enemy is something that is just considered so heinous and dastardly. We think of Benedict Arnold in American history, or even Judas, right inside of our Lord's inner circle. When we look at Jesus' words to Simon Peter, um, regarding a conversation that is going on between the devil, Satan, and God. We might be a little bit puzzled by this. It's kind of unsettling and unnerving to think that, that God would sit and discuss and have a conference with our, our most vicious enemy who wants to take us to the fires of hell. That God would have a conversation with him about an individual's life and what's going to kind of happen in this person's spiritual life. We see kind of a similar conversation recorded in the first chapter of Job as well. And this is puzzling to us that that, that God seems to be into a, a discussion with our enemy. And Jesus here in the text permits Peter to kind of peer underneath the veil of what's going on in the unseen world. In the spirit world he allows Peter to to kind of witness if you will this conversation and to understand what requests Satan has made regarding him and things that are going to transpire in his spiritual life and in his life in general and Jesus tells him about this not to not to scare him and freak him out not to terrify him at all but to allow him to see what's actually going on. And the purpose from Jesus' perspective is to inform Peter about this conference between God and Satan and that the reason for it was to let him see how God would even permit his upcoming fall from the faith, his upcoming pushing away of Christ, that God would ultimately be in charge of all this and restore him and bring him back into his kingdom of grace and, and then utilize him. So Jesus kind of gives him insight into how God is planning to have all of this play out in the days ahead. The temptations that we face, it's easy for us sometimes to think of them as just kind of random events, just kind of accidental things that hit us and run into us. But there is a planning and a plotting, and from Satan's perspective, a cunning that is involved by our enemy. And a process by which the powers of darkness uh, communicate with the Lord of light in determining what he will permit them to do and how he will allow us to, to have to face even some of these trials. Notice, Jesus says to Peter, by the way, he says, Peter, Peter. It's pretty rare in the Bible where he calls somebody twice by the name. It's like, pay attention. This is serious. Peter, Peter. Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. Uh, right now, if you drive between here and Nicolet or somewhere else outside of Mankato, all the farms, you see a lot of harvesting going on. And nowadays, farmers have machines that do threshing right out in the field when they bring in their wheat. But back in Jesus' day, you would pluck the wheat and bring it back and then take the heads off and sift it in a, in a sieve, they called it, like a screen, and uh, you, would, you would throw it up in the air in a big big pan and bowl and the, the husk would, would blow away so that you could get the good meat of the wheat. And Jesus uses that picture, that imagery to describe exactly what the devil is going to be allowed to do to him with his spiritual life, sift him, to, to challenge him and try to break him free from, uh, from his love for Christ. Satan wanted to, to test and see whether Peter's faith would be genuine and whether it would be real. And we think about what happens from this, of course. We know the rest of the story, don't we? That Peter, Peter, of course, his denial of Jesus in the courtyard, it seems kind of harmless, just says a few words and acts like he doesn't know Jesus and everything. But Jesus here is letting him see underneath the veil of all of that upcoming temptation exactly how dastardly uh, the devil's work is going to be on him. And sometimes that's, you and I can kind of treat our sins like pff, they're no big deal and they just kind of fly away. It's no, no great thing. Maybe it's something we say or whatever. But notice from God's perspective how serious this is. Notice how, how deeply concerned Jesus is about this issue and, and about all the stuff that's going to transpire in, in Peter's life. And so that's why he's underscoring this to Peter. You know, as you watch Peter in the hours after this discussion with Jesus, it's just interesting all the different things that take place to him, kind of spiritually flip-flopping all over the place. And I can feel that way sometimes too. Just, Just moments earlier, he had been sitting with Jesus at the Lord's Supper. And then he gets involved in the dispute about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God. And then... Hours after that, he draws his sword. He's going to defend Christ from being arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. And then a few hours later, he's sitting at the courtyard fire and he pretends he doesn't have anything to do with Jesus, has nothing to do with him, denies everything about him. And it just shows how inconsistent our faith can be. Here's somebody who sat right in the inner circle with Christ and he's just all over the place, just within a matter of hours. And underneath it all, the devil is just pulling strings, trying to make things happen in his spiritual life. What a lesson for us of what really goes on in our spiritual lives. When I was about five years old, I was really into the fact that a guy from our congregation was a firefighter. And he used to have an engine parked down by his, uh, once in a while, parked down by his house. It was kind of a volunteer firefighting, a small town of about 400 people, Thornton, Iowa. And uh, there, was a, uh, there was a man there uh, uh, who came and told us that you should come over to a certain house one night because they were going to burn down a house on purpose. And when I was five, this didn't make any sense to me. A controlled burn, they call it. And they did it to, to learn some more things and to teach some things about how. So it seems strange that firemen who would be opposed to arson would actually use fire to destroy something. But they had a higher purpose in mind for it. It's kind of a picture of what God does when he works at times with the devil, even to allow him to tempt us in things. God always has a much greater purpose behind it. In a sense, he collaborates with the devil never to allow his evil to overtake us, but he uses it in a way to benefit us and to ultimately keep us in our faith. Our Heavenly Father certainly opposes evil. We know that God cannot be tempted by evil, as James says, nor does he tempt anyone. But he often uses it and sets boundaries and limits to how far it can be used. And Jesus is telling Peter here that God is going to let this happen to you for a time. That's the key words. For a time. There is, a, there is a lot, an allotted amount of time that God will permit this to happen, and then ultimately he has plans to use this to benefit his kingdom. And our Lord Jesus wants Peter to know, and us to know too, that when these things take place in our lives, God is the one who is in final, ultimate control. The the power that Satan may seem to exert over us at certain moments is not permanent. And notice also Jesus' personal concern for Peter. Notice how well he knows behind the scenes of what's going to happen in his spiritual life, all the ins and outs of his life, and how in tune he is with the challenges that we, his followers, are going to have to face. And how concerned he is that you and I and Peter and others like that remain in his kingdom of grace. He even says, I have prayed for you. Think of that, the Son of God, praying for one of his disciples that he stay in the faith. And we remember the ultimate outcome of this story, how completely our Lord Jesus goes and restores Peter. Not only does he completely forgive him his sins of denial and all of that, not only does he completely forgive him for falling away, But he now takes Peter, dressed in his righteousness, and he places him at a position of going out and strengthening others, strengthening his brethren. The Holy Spirit goes on to use Peter to write two of the New Testament books by divine divine inspiration. Jesus says, When you have returned to me by faith, strengthen your brothers. Consider how God ultimately used this incident in the life of the church. We're even here talking about it today as it as has been done for thousands of years throughout christendom how often did peter himself reflect upon this incident in his life when he was counseling people or talking to somebody or evangelizing somebody and so for you and me today when you have fallen and it will happen to us because we're weak sinful people when we have fallen and god by his grace brings us back to repentance of our sins and to come back to his grace and to know what our Lord Jesus has done for us by his death on the cross. Don't be surprised that God may find a way to utilize you, even though you've been beat up through this challenge, but he may find a way to utilize you and use that very event in your future life to help someone else. Maybe your kids someday. Maybe someone in your family. Maybe somebody that you work with. May the Lord keep all of us in his gracious care and uh, allow us to see by faith that through all of this, his great, wonderful hand of, of preservation for us in this faith is always at work. Amen.